there are some formulas, there are some tips and techniques, yes, there are. And I'm happy to, to share some of them with you later on. But ultimately, it is just thinking about, right, what, if, what do I have to offer and how can I get that across? I'm Michael Max, and this is Geological. I've always been skeptical about anyone selling transformation. Transformation is nothing to be trifled with. And anyone offering it as a product, it makes me nervous because transformation in my experience means that things come apart. Not in the reasoned inquiry of a dissectionist scalpel, but more like the descent into what feels like turmoil and chaos. Transformation means that you don't just get your bones shaken, your bones themselves are likely to melt away. So when I hear people talking about how this season or perhaps seasons of COVID-19 is a transformation and the planet is breathing easy, I take a little solace because while the planet probably is doing better, it's not so great for us human beings right now. This could indeed be some sort of a great awakening. I have hopes that the children of this time will tell their grandchildren of another time about how the world changed and it was for the better. But here's what I know about human beings. We go kicking and screaming into change. We are way more likely to look for external enemies to blame than turn the uncomfortable inquiry of responsibility onto ourselves. It's not that we are incapable. We have the capacity, but often enough, we need to have the rug pulled out from under us before we're willing to open our eyes, see what the situation really is, and make some changes. It's curious to me. I'm sleeping better since closing my clinic. Sleep until I wake and completely through the night. I don't know why. Maybe because there's less on my mind or that I'm doing less in the day. It's kind of like there's a double blessing unfolding here. The first is that I've got less that I have to do in the daytime. The second is there's the possibility... I might not be here in a matter of weeks. I far more often consider mortality in this moment, not in some fuzzy, easy-to-ignore future. I hold closer that these could be the last days of my life. What's important? How to spend the time I have in a way that feels connective and enlivening. The cheery assertions that we're going to get through this together, it doesn't sit right with me. Plenty of us are not going to get through it. More will get through it, but not without some loss. And the sense of grief and disorientation that has enveloped our lives, it's not to be dismissed lightly. I'm not a pessimist, but I know that transformation on a personal level is difficult enough. Ask an entire society to go through that process? Well, that's when I start to get worried. And then there's this thing about staying present and unabellished with the situation as it's actually unfolding. To allow the unraveling without some kind of quid pro quo agreement with the universe that if I behave right, it's all going to go well. There's no promises in the liminal zone, and that is part of its transformative power. A friend of mine in Taiwan likes to say, it's hard to tell the difference between things falling apart and falling together. And I found this to be so, and it leads me to the question, how do you define the line between breakdown and breakthrough? One of the best ways to attract new patients to your website and keep them there long enough to decide that you might be the person who can help them solve their problems is to have a well-done website with compelling writing. 
Good copywriting, along with some very basic SEO, makes it easy to find you in a Google search. But more important than getting onto the first page of Google is having content on your website that is both informative and connective. Now, with all the slowdowns and shutdowns in the time of COVID-19, it's a good time to go to work on your website. And this conversation on copywriting that we're about to get into will give you an unfair advantage over the competition if you apply some simple and yet effective principles. These conversations come to you through the generous support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful products or services that you'll find beneficial in your clinical work. Worried that an EMR is too complex for you? Jane has friendly and knowledgeable support. Mayway Herbs is celebrating the 55th year of their family business. You're invited to make use of their vast library of resources. Are you concerned about the health of Mother Earth? AccuFast Needles is doing something about that. You can too. And later in the show, Ancestral Sturman offers up a sinew treatment and the folks at Blue Poppy have something special to share as well. Do be sure to visit the sponsors page on the Geological website to take advantage of all the special offers our terrific sponsors have for listeners of the podcast. I don't know about you, but sometimes I take a step back and marvel at my acupuncture needles. I mean, they're the world's simplest medical tool, a sharpened wire and a handle. That's it. And with this simple tool, hundreds of health conditions can be resolved. I love it. What I didn't love was the amount of packaging waste I generated at the end of the day. But that has now changed too. Ever since I switched to AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles, I reduced my packaging waste by 90%. Not only are they a great needle, but the folks at AccuFast plant a tree for every two boxes of needles I use in the clinic. By switching to AccuFast Needles, you'll be helping patients, planting trees, and joining a community of practitioners changing the world. Like our simple needle, being a part of the solution, it's simple too. Visit AccuFastNeedles.com slash Geological to learn how. Hi folks, I'm Yvonne Lau, president of Mayway Herbs. Our family business turns 55 this year, and we wouldn't have gotten this far without the love and support of our community. We're truly grateful and promise you that we'll continue to work hard to support you and your practice. Please visit Mayway.com to find the perfect Pumsar brand formula or formulate your own in our dispensary. Our site also has lots of articles, videos, and herbal recipes for you to explore. And tune into our podcast, Chinese Medicine Matters, for insightful discussions on all things TCM. Learn about treatment strategies and powerful herbal remedies. As we welcome the month of May, our focus is on women's health. Our newsletter articles and podcast episodes this month will highlight different aspects and unique challenges women face. So subscribe or tune in. And if you're a practitioner, get a discount on our women's health formulas this month. Just visit Mayway.com. This season and every season, trust Mayway Herbs for your health and wellness needs. And thank you for supporting Real Chinese Medicine. I love how technology can help to automate my office. And I want to share with you my favorite tool for doing so, Jane. Jane is a clinic management software in EMR with a human touch. Whether you're switching your software or going paperless for the first time, the Jane team knows that the onboarding process can feel a little overwhelming. That's why with Jane, you don't just get software, you get a whole team. 
Included in every Jane subscription is their award-winning customer support available by phone, email, and chat whenever you need it, even Saturdays. You can also book a free account setup consultation to review your account and ensure you feel confident about going live. If you're interested in making the switch to Jane, head to jane.app/switch to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their support team. And be sure to mention the code Geological at the time of sign up for a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. Y'all probably already know that I'm partial to tech, and I think having a website that stands out is one of the best ways to draw people into your practice. Get ready to take some notes, because there are some great ideas here that will help you to better understand some wordsmithing principles that will have people commenting on how your website convince them to pick up the phone and give you a call. Hey friends, welcome back to Geological. Today my guest is Iseline Savalistoke. Iseline is a copywriter. She's interested a bit in Chinese medicine. Actually, she's interested in a bunch of things, but mostly she's kind of a web person. More importantly, she knows language. She's a copywriter. And I just want to say one little thing before we jump into it. She had this amazing way of reaching out to me a while ago. You, I'm sure you've all gotten spam from people saying, I can help you with this or that. I got an email from her that was just, it was very kind, very, uh, how do I say, inviting. And she says, look, I do this work. I happen to notice your website. There's a couple little suggestions. If you'd like to check them out, there's a little video here. And she introduced herself and showed me what she could do. Her advice was really good. It was super spot on. And I loved her approach. And so y'all know that I love to talk to people who are into the first principles of doing something that they do really well. And when it comes to marketing and communications, Isaline, I really think has some wonderful stuff dialed in. And so I am so delighted to have you here today. Welcome to Geological. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so excited. Great. You know, it's always fun to talk about the stuff that lights us up, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, it definitely is. Great. So I just gave a little background on how you connected with me in a super not spammy and super helpful way. I mean, very, very unusual. How did you get into the kind of business that you're in, in the first place? What, what drew you into what you do? Oh, gosh. Well, you know what? I, <laughs> I always find it kind of tricky to be honest with you answering this question properly because I I never set out to become a copywriter you know that's good I never set out to become an acupuncturist <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I mean I I'm gonna be completely transparent I yeah. don't have a, a, a background in marketing communication so when I went to college you know I actually studied psychology and neuroscience and I later on went to become a teacher so I actually taught second grade for a little spell outside of London in the UK. Um, and copywriting was, I like to think of it as the result of, believe it or not, and this might sound a little bit cheesy, but mm. it, it was the result of making love and a long distance relationship work. Um, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I don't think that's cheesy. That, that really, because when you're in love, and you're doing something long distance and it's through words. I mean, you have to have your heart in it. 
You know, I mean, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I was in a long distance relationship for a good three years, and you know, at the time, I was living in the UK. I was teaching, and so my partner, he was based in Wisconsin, and we had met. Gosh, of all places in Norway, I'm actually half Norwegian, half American, and so I've grown up most of my life in Northern Europe. Um, and he was an exchange student, and we met, and you know, got together. But of course, at one point, he had to move back. Mm -hmm. But ever since then, you know, we we kept in touch, and we did the long distance thing. But you know, if anyone's listening to this and they've ever experienced that before, doing long distance, it you know, it's not sustainable in the long run. And so it came to a point when one of us we knew we thought okay one of us is going to have to move for the other in order to give this a proper shot mm -hmm. and so i was teaching and i thought oh you know okay it'll be fine i can move over there and continue teaching maybe i can sub for a little while i didn't think that much about it i just thought it'd be pretty straightforward i was a u.s citizen so i thought it'd be a lot easier for me to go over there than it would have been for him to move to europe but once I got here, it wasn't quite as straightforward as I thought it would be. And uh, living in the U.S., got to have a car to get, get yourself around. And we were, <laughs> we were, uh, you know, we're living in a fairly small town in a rural area. So having a car and driving around wasn't feasible. And I had gotten my, my license reevaluated by the state board. And they told me that, look, you're going to have to take a couple of extra classes to in order to apply for your state license and i thought okay well that's going to be a little bit complicated because you know i haven't got a car you gotta there's no community college nearby mm -hmm. and so the logistics were just the time it just wasn't as easy as, as i thought wasn't in the cards was it no i guess you can say it wasn't in the cards you know so often these kinds of things will happen we'll look at something we'll go oh this looks like an open path i'll just do that how difficult could that be and then you find out what's mm -hmm. actually involved. And and then another door opens up. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's pretty much how I found out about copywriting. I, uh, you know, I remember feeling pretty discouraged and conflicted thinking, oh, my goodness, what have I done? I've I felt like I compromised my career. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was far away from my friends and family. And I just thought, OK, what do I do? But I don't believe allowing yourself being in the victim mode here. And so I thought, right. You're going to have to take matters into your hands and take charge and take ownership of your life and your career. So take back what you want. And that's when I thought, right, what if I could work from home? Could I work online? And I started just researching and just seeing, right, what, what can I do? And I looked into different options. But when I found out about copywriting, there was just something about it that really resonated with me. And I just thought, you know, I've always been a strong writer. I felt like I could do this right. and I yeah. just wanted to give it a shot. And so enrolled in a course, I taught myself from the bottom up and I haven't looked back and uh, I love it. I really do. I feel like it's just been such an empowering journey. Yeah, it's fantastic. I am curious and we're going to get into some of the nitty gritty and the details because, you know, I want people listening to our conversation today to be able to take away some of your knowledge and and make their websites super awesome right that's the whole idea but I, I just can't let this one go I've got to know how psychology and neuroscience infuses the work that you do Ooh, that's a really good question you know it's actually helped me quite a bit so with psychology and especially with neuroscience um, I remember taking a course called neurolinguistic programming 
And this course is all about, it's not about what you say, it's all about how you say it. Mm -hmm. And how you frame what you're trying to explain. How do you frame your sentence? And so I remember learning a lot about how try your best to avoid using negative words, try to keep it positive. And that really stuck with me, especially when it came to copywriting. Um, I've also learned, I don't want to say tricks and tips per se, but um, I learned a lot about how to frame writing in a way that sounds persuasive because copywriting is in large part uh, persuasive writing in many mm -hmm. ways. Well, it's kind of like dating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, dating is a very persuasive activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and I think it, it also it helped me to slip into the minds of mm. the prospective audience and what are they going to want? What are they looking for? And most importantly, it's about thinking, okay, how am I going to help to solve their problem? So what is, you know, what are they like? And really trying to get into the minds of them and pretending that I knew them, that I was approaching it like a, to a friend. And so when I write copy, I try to pretend that whoever it is I'm writing to, to my prospective client, to the target market, I, I like to pretend that I already know them. My goal here is to connect and to inspire trust. And I think that, you know, when I was first learning about copywriting, there was a small part of me that felt a little bit, a little bit uneasy because I thought, oh, I used to think marketing, I used to associate that with, you know, being a dirty word. Because I thought, mm -hmm. oh, it, you know, it's all about using manipulative tactics and playing on the emotions. And I, I didn't like that. But when I really got to learn about effective copywriting it's nothing like that and it really shouldn't be and if it is then you're not doing your industry justice at all you know it's yeah. nothing well and you're that. not doing your customer justice as well and and i think you touch on something really vital here you know a lot of us really resonate with that we've had experiences where people have used language in manipulative ways because they're looking not to help us but to get something from us mm -hmm. and and we've all been on that targeted end of that conversation and you know it when you feel it and I don't think anyone likes it does it work it can work I mean we all know that fear <laughs> is a strong motivator and we can you know you can use that for good you can use it for evil but you can but you really can use it for good definitely and that actually makes me think of a theory uh, and this was promoted by a marketer her name is Bernadette Jiva, and I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, but it's she she compares two different forms of marketing and she calls it old marketing versus new marketing. And so going back to your point, Michael, about how with marketing, a lot of it, sometimes it can play on it can play on the emotions using scarcity and fear mm -hmm. and how a lot of us might think, well, that's far more prevalent. But her point, Bernadette's point, she was saying that at the end of the day, you want your marketing to be rooted in old marketing. And I'm going to explain what that is right now. So if you think about going to your local health food shop, and let's say you know the owner fairly well, and you've got a good relationship, and you're looking for a product, and let's pretend that she doesn't have that in stock, but she goes out of her way to find that product and also price it affordably so that you can have it and you leave the store having a good experience. So it's based on forming a community. Old marketing is based on inspiring trust, being mm -hmm. personable. 
having and relationship. Exactly. Having a good relationship. Having genuine relationship. Absolutely. Versus the new marketing, which is what Bernadette calls it. I tend to think of it as fast food marketing mm -hmm. because it promises quick and cheap wins, trying to reach more people, but using the fear and scarcity tactics to have more of an impact, but it's not going to be sustainable. And certainly, it certainly does not do the prospective client any good. No, it doesn't. Well, you know, and it occurs to me as we're having this conversation, uh, one of the things that we hate about that kind of marketing is that it's playing on the emotions. But I think the truth of the matter is any marketing to be effective, to get the message across, we have to touch the emotions. People are emotionally involved in their own life. Human beings make decisions emotionally first and then later we make a rationale for the emotional decision that we made. So the idea of doing marketing that doesn't play on the emotions, that's just called ineffective. Yes. We yes. will play on the emotions. The question is, in what way are you doing it? And, and it's like, what's your intention behind it? Definitely. And I love what you said there. You know, what is your intention behind it? And I think for an acupuncturist, and I'm thinking specifically also for when it comes to their websites, mm. you know, what is your intention behind your copy? What is your intention behind your mission statement here? And I think that um, it's just, gosh. Take your time. The stuff that we're talking about here. You know, because it is the emotional framework in some ways, mm -hmm. it's, it's not always easy to put into words. No, it's, it's, it's really not. And I think, um, you know, I think the most important thing here is, again, it's wanting to make sure that, you're, that you are empowering your client or your prospective client to feel good about themselves as they're on your website. You know, I think a lot of websites, when I've, I've looked at quite a few websites um, that are by acupuncturists, and I think the, the information's out there. There's really good, compelling information. But uh, most times I notice that this isn't really targeted at the prospective client. This isn't really aiming, trying to inspire a sense of connection. And I think that if you really want to make your message effective, it's being personable, it's connecting with your client, it's inspiring trust and it's making them want to schedule an appointment with you or whatever it is you want them to do. Whether it's signing up for your email newsletter, is it going to be downloading your latest ebook because you're promoting uh, your practice? Is it going to be just plain and simple scheduling an appointment with you? In order for them to do that, I truly believe that they need to have that emotion of, yes, I want to meet this practitioner. I want to work with, I want to work with them. Mm -hmm. And it's feeling inspired to do so. So what makes acupuncture website copywriting compelling? Uh, you know, I, I look at a lot of sites too from time to time. I mean, when I was first starting my practice here in St. Louis, ooh, almost 11 years ago now, um, one of the things I did is I went and looked at everybody else's website in my area to kind of see how they were talking about their practice how they were, first of all, was their website up to date or not? Some people had stuff that looked like 1998. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, um, I can ignore these people for the time being. And, you know, I just, I like, I tried to put myself in the role of I'm a person who doesn't know about acupuncture and am I finding what I need on this website? And a lot of sites I didn't. Mm -hmm. It was all about them, the practitioner, 
or it was all about acupuncture and needles. I mean, that's like, you know, that's like a dentist talking about the cool new drill they have. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear that, you know? And then there was this other thing that I saw on almost every website. It's usually in the first or second paragraph, and it goes something to the effect of acupuncture works by manipulating chi, Q-I in parentheses, pronounced C-H-E-E on parentheses. And, I, and it's like almost everybody has that. But when I put myself in that mindset of a person who doesn't know about acupuncture, I'm looking at it and going, why would I care? I love that. That one question there, why would I care? That is the one question you need to keep in your mind as you're writing your own copy here. And I think the way I like to think of it, so if I'm writing copy on a website, and especially on the homepage, specifically on the homepage, mm. because I like to think of it as your calling card. Your website is your calling card. Right. And it, first impressions are everything. And so there are three- and, and how much time do we have to make that first impression? Not long. It's within- three to five seconds, really. It's really fast, you know, and I think, and, and that's what, what we call bouncing back. So if someone's landing on your website and they're just, just even from the aesthetics, from the design to even the um, length of the sentences to the mm. size of the text, those things may not seem very relevant, but they do subconsciously have an effect. But I do like to think of three sen not three sentences but three questions that i try to keep in mind and one of the most important questions that you should ask yourself when a prospective client is landing on your homepage is what is your visitor thinking the moment they land on it oh. and from here you want to think of, a, of of your community's demographic so in copywriting um we're taught to have an avatar of your prospect in your head and, and try to keep it as specific as possible. And this might seem a little bit counterintuitive because you might feel, as an acupuncturist, you might be thinking, okay, but I might be treating a range of issues here. You know, there's not one size fits all. But on the other hand, if you know exactly who you're trying to connect with and who you're speaking to, it's that much easier to persuade them and to, and to have that sense of connection. And so when you're thinking, right, what is my visitor thinking? And you're, and you're considering your community's demographic, I tend to group prospective clients into three main categories here. So I tend to call them the skeptics, the investigators, and the converts. Mm -hmm. So let's just pretend, you know, if you're a practitioner and you're in LA, your community demographic might look very different from a practitioner who's practicing in the Midwest. Because, you know, if, if you're in LA, I like to think that acupuncture is much more on the mainstream. A lot of people are more exposed to it. They have more familiarity with it. And also their comfort zone is a lot higher. I'm not saying that it necessarily is, but generally speaking, mm -hmm. it might be a lot higher than say someone who's living in the Midwest and doesn't really know that much about acupuncture. Um, and their comfort zone might be a little bit lower. You're going to have a lot more skeptics in the Midwest. Absolutely, a lot more skeptics. Which is why on my website, I think in the first three paragraphs or something, I address the skepticism issue. Yes, and it's so important to, in a way, try to assume that the person who's visiting is gonna be a bit of a skeptic. You know, this is gonna be someone who, 
maybe they didn't have a great experience with acupuncture in the past. Maybe they've never had an experience. Maybe they've never had an experience. Right. They might be afraid of needles or they had that misconception that it might be uncomfortable or painful. And so they're just turned off by it. It's so important then to get them to feel comfortable and to meet them where they're at and to let them know that, hey, I see you. You're in the right place and it's safe mm -hmm. to read on. You're in the right mm -hmm. hands here. Hello everyone, Anne Cecil Sturman here. A working knowledge of the eight extraordinary channels from the unbroken oral tradition of acupuncture is valuable beyond words. The power of these channels is tremendous if the practitioner has well-integrated diagnostic, theoretical and practical skill. You'll be familiar with Dumai, the governor channel or the sea of yang, the primal reservoir of yang which ultimately finances all movement and growth. But this channel also governs the ability to self-determine. The psycho-emotional presentation of your patients can be matched to a classical activation of this channel, clearing impedance in the free flow of yang chi to body, mind and spirit. I'd like to share with you the marvelous potency of the Do channel in a full-length live treatment video from the seminar I taught last year in Melbourne, Australia. It's at ancecilsturman.com forward slash sinews2024. Click on the jump to free teaching button or see the link on my Instagram page at ancecilsturman. Thanks, Michael. Back to you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've attempted to do. I, I, I ask right out, you know, are you skeptical? Well, you should be. We didn't grow up with this stuff. <laughs> and it, it, and I've had people comment on that, that they really appreciated, you know, they saw my website and it's like, wow, I appreciate that you weren't trying to talk me into something, that you you understood where I was coming from. Yeah, you really want to walk them through it. You do. Now, I want to run an idea by you. I can really cotton to what you're saying about you want to write to the person who is landing on your webpage. You've got more experience in this than I do, so let me just run this by you. My thought these days is that we do not have one landing page. Because while we have that quote homepage that we think of as the front door, in truth what's usually happening because of search capabilities is people are typing something into Uncle Google, something to the effect of acupuncture for digestive issues, acupuncture for migraine headaches, uh, acupuncture my zip code, things like that. And so if they're typing something in like acupuncture for headaches and then their zip code they're not going to land on your on your home page most likely what they're going to land on is something that you've written on your website somewhere ideally as a blog post or something like that which is specifically about how acupuncture treats migraines because thanks to google they can go directly to the thing that they're looking for and so really any blog post that you write, if you write it well, it can be a landing page. Definitely. D does that make sense to you? Is that is that? Yes. Oh yeah. no, it really does make sense. And you know, writing your blogs and your articles, you're you're still marketing, you're promoting yourself, and it's a great way. It's a great strategy to have. If you're if if you're someone you're interested in writing blog posts on acupuncture or Chinese medicine in general and you're able to really convey and showcase your expertise, 
it's going to make quite a difference when it comes to someone else who's trying to find the answer to their question and they happen to land on your blog post and they see, ooh, hey, this is someone who really knows their stuff and it really gives you even more credibility. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you about having more than one landing page. Now, not that your homepage is your homepage, but there are there is more than one landing page on your website. I agree with you about that. Yeah. So what goes in to good copy? What are some things that people listening to this right now can think about and start to implement if they would like to tighten up and tune up and, and make more inviting the writing that they have on their website? You know, a lot of us think about, oh, I was such a bad writer. My high school teacher, you know, was constantly grading me down on my writing. And so a lot of us don't think we can write. How do we work with that kind of thing? Okay, well, the good news here is that copy and writing copy is a lot easier than you might think. And I think it it's very tempting to complicate it. And you think, oh, my goodness, you know, how am I going to make this sound amazing? How am I going to be able to persuade, you know, a prospective client? And the truth is that less is more. And the more you simplify it, the more effective it's going to be. So I, although it's associated with sales and marketing, and it's meant to be a form of persuasive writing, at the end of the day, it's meant to be very conversational. And copy mimics the way we speak, right? So as you mentioned with your high school English teacher, and you know, we're, we're conditioned to never start a sentence with and, but, or, or, use however, nevertheless, and try to write in complete sentences. But when you're writing copy, it's okay to break the rules. So it's totally fine to start a sentence with and. You can use but. You might want to have an incomplete sentence if you want to have a punchier sentence with more oomph and more impact. Ooh, an incomplete sentence actually has more oomph? You can do that if you want to. When mm -hmm. it's appropriate, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's okay. And I think you, you can drop conventional spelling and grammar rules if need be. You know, and like I said, it's, it's supposed to reflect our colloquial language and it's supposed to sound how we would speak normally. And the point of that is, again, to connect with your reader, to make it seem more personable, right? So if you're using heavy jargon or you sound very formal, you may sound very intelligent and you might sound, it's very well written, but it may not be as engaging and it may not draw the reader in. So that's why it's important to keep your tone conversational and light. That makes so much sense. I know on occasion I've come across websites and I'll get maybe three sentences in and all I can think of is, this is so dense and I feel so stupid because I've got no idea what they're talking about, but they sure sound like they know what they're talking about, mm -hmm. but it's impenetrable. Yes, and it's harder then. It makes you feel a little bit like, well, sure, this is really well written, but what's in it for me? Because that's another mm -hmm. essential component of copywriting is it's all about your target market. It never is about you. And so something that is very easy and that we all, I think we, we, we all have a tendency to do because you can think of it this way. In many ways, the most interesting person in our lives is ourselves. And so it's so easy to draw the conversation back to ourselves and framing your sentence as, I have so and so many years of experience or I will help you by, or starting your sentences with using I. But rather than using I, try to use you. Try mm -hmm. to redirect it back to your reader. Always keep them in mind. And so think about you will feel amazing once you receive this certain treatment. Or imagine if you 
walked out of the office feeling empowered and energized. It's always redirecting it, redirecting it. And I think another key thing to copy is to be as clear as possible. Write what you mean. Clarity always trumps cleverness in my book. So in order to make sure to know that you're writing in a clear way and that you're also writing to your reader and you're not writing about yourself is to think of it this way. So I have a sentence with, with blanks that I tend to think about mm-hmm. to remind myself. And it looks a little bit like this. So you'll have my reader is blank who wants to blank. They come on this page expecting blank. I want them to blank so that they take action. So if I complete those sentences and I might say something like, my reader is a young woman who is trying to conceive, who, well, who wants to conceive. They, she comes on this page expecting to find the answer to her problem and to find a good practitioner. And so I want her to read through my homepage and feel like she can trust me so that she can click on the schedule an appointment with me now button and that way she'll take action, right? So again, if I can try to fill in those blanks and just always keep in mind, what's gonna be in it for the reader? What do they want? What do they come on my homepage or any page on my website? What are they expecting? And what do I want them to do in the end so that they take action? That call to action is so important. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to have something. You, you want them to do something at the end. Call for an appointment, write for more information, sign up for my mailing list, download my guide to XYZ. Yeah, you, you want them to do something. Absolutely. And, I, and that is what distinguishes copywriting from regular content writing. Because even in a blog and article, it might come across as you know, normal content writing here, but you'll know it's a form of copy when you see that call to action. Because copy at the end of the day has an agenda and it has a purpose. And something that I tend to notice and by looking on websites is they might have a very informative homepage or services section, but there is no call to action. There is no clear request telling them, right, okay, this is what I want you to do next. Because we do need that, it's easy to forget but it is essential. There's also something that I read about recently, actually, and it was on a website called Copy Hackers. And this is the go-to website for copywriters just to get some ideas and get some it's inspiration. It's a great website. Oh, have you, have you visited before? I, it's been some years. I, at this point, my website is just kind of up and running. But when I first got here, I was writing like a banshee. I was putting out like two blog posts a week for mm-hmm. for a good six months because I wanted to have exactly what you'd been talking about. I wanted that specific content for a specific person. Sometimes it was for men, sometimes it was for women, sometimes it was for couples, whatever. I wanted that specific content and so I'd write about a you know very targeted thing. And I, because I was so focused on the whole writing process, I was doing my own study of, of writing well. I looked at Seth Godin's stuff. I looked at Copy Hackers, and uh, Copy Hackers is is a super fun resource because oh, because they're fun, they're smart and they're fun. The stuff is doable, it's actionable, and they're really generous with a ton of free content. Oh, absolutely! And it's a great way 
to learn more. I mean, I still go on Copy Hackers regularly just to, you know, freshen some things up and make sure that I'm that I'm 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 doing it correctly because I think we're always learning. No matter how much experience we have, we're always students here. So there was an article that I read um, called "The Call to Action Versus a Call to Value," and Ooh. and it's Tell it's a little more. bit different. So a call to value is it's similar, but essentially it highlights the value of moving forward. So a call to action would be highlighting the action of moving forward. So for example, if you're on another website and you're going online shopping and you see that button, order now or purchase now, there's your call to action. So it wants you to just purchase that item right now. The call to value, however, would be worded a little bit differently. So rather than being a very clear request, it will highlight the value or the benefit of purchasing that item. So if you want, for example, if you're an acupuncturist and you want your prospective client to schedule an appointment, rather than saying schedule an appointment today, you can say ready to feel more ed energized, schedule an appointment. So it's again by saying ready to feel energized or take back control of your health, there's your value, there's your benefit. Yeah, reduce your headaches now. There you go, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and they and on that article, they did mention that if you want to use a call to value, it's helpful to put that on the middle of your page. A lot of times we'll have a call to action, and it usually tends to be at the very end of copy. Sort of the very end, you're like, okay, you read all of this, here's what I want you to do next. Mm -hmm. But a call to value is a nice reminder. As, as your reader is reading through your content, it's a nice little reminder going, oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nice for me. I, yes. I want to not have those headaches. Exactly. And it's yeah, going no to propel you to read great. more. Yeah. And then, and then you get to the bottom and they're like, reduce your headaches now. And you're like, yeah, that's why I'm yeah. here, baby. <laughs> exactly. And it becomes a no brainer and it makes it all the more effective. And it's smooth. Definitely. It's, it's smooth. smooth. It's smooth. And also, I think it also helps to inspire trust. And that's really what you want them to do. Again, I keep on going to the whole connection and trust thing, but I just think it's so integral. And it's always reminding yourself that I want them to feel safe. I want my prospective clients to feel that they can trust me. So a call to value might really help you out there. And um, that actually, that's really relevant to the second question that I tend to ask myself. So the first question I tend to think of, okay, what is my visitor thinking when they land on my page? That's my first question. My second question is, what do I want them to do by the end of, by the time they finish scanning my page? And that's when I usually think, okay, what is my call to action going to be? And if I want to include a call to value, what is that going to be? And where am I going to put that on my page? That's my second question. You know, I, I love this. I'm just thinking into this as we're having the conversation. Because I've, I've, <laughs> generally used call to actions. I'm considering using a call to value. That means for me, myself, in my own mind, I have to be very, very clear about what the value is that I'm bringing to people. Yes, yes. And, and I suspect if I am super clear on what the value is that I'm bringing, it'll be a lot easier to write what that is because I know what it is. And then I'm not trying to talk anybody into anything. I just know the value of what I've got and I'm sharing it. I'm not trying to talk someone into it. I'm super clear myself. I, I think there's something about congruence that that happens, that, that if we are very clear for ourselves, if we know the value of what we're bringing, and we're not making it up, and we're not 
putting on a wing and a prayer, but we really know our value. I think it comes through pretty clearly because we're just congruent. Yeah, you really are. And I and like you say, it's it's not so much about really trying to convince your prospective client per se that this is why you're the best. You know, it really is about communicating and, and not being afraid to own your value, not to shy away from that. That's something that I've had a lot of appointments with acupuncturists before. And nine times out of 10, I have a really wonderful experience. And I remember I had one experience with a wonderful acupuncturist, very talented. I got the impression though that she almost felt a little bit shy about promoting herself or owning what she was worth. So I remember there came a point when when payment happened, I had to pay her. And I had brought my card assuming that she would take card. I had a little bit of cash, but not enough. And it turns out she only accepted cash. And Ooh, that's a big constraint. <laughs> well, it turns out I didn't have quite enough. And so I remember, and she said, oh, you know what? That's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. When you get back, just pay me online. But rather than charging the original price, she had charged, she gave me a discount instead. And I just remember thinking that wasn't necessary because just that action of doing that, she's not, you know, you're, you're not really owning your value because you, money is an exchange of service. And I just remember feeling, oh, you know what? You don't have to do that. It's not, please don't, because what you're doing is so valuable. And I really, I'm investing in my health. I'm investing in you. Right. I want to you know? pay you. Yes. And, and it's okay. And, and I want to pay someone who is worthy of of treating me absolutely right? you're not you're not looking for the bottom dollar no you're really not it, i want to know that i'm investing in someone who is going to help me and and she was and she was great i knew she was but i just remember feeling like you know it's not necessary what you're doing for me is so important please own it and i think that also comes it makes me think of um actually an another article I read recently, but it really stuck with me, and I think this might help a lot of your listeners here, is thinking of it in terms of when it comes to trying to communicate your value, especially through your copy here, try not to think of it so much as, what can I do, what can I write to get a reader's attention? Rather, focus on giving attention. And this is again by the marketer Bernadette Jiva. And she says that, you know, right now we live in such a heavy digital world that the options out there are effectively infinite. And so when it comes to choosing the right acupuncturist for us, there's so many we can choose from. And so it's tempting to think, okay, what am I going to do to stand out? How am I going to be able to, what kind of angle am I going to have or carve out for myself? But it, 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 you're framing it in terms of grabbing someone's attention. And then again, and again, you're thinking of it in terms of yourself. What's, what, what can I do? What, how am I going to position myself? You're thinking a lot about you, but if you turn that around and again, you're reframing it, okay, what can I do to provide value for my client? So how can I give them attention? How can I help them to feel noticed? That's the spin you wanna have when you're writing your copies. How can I give attention rather than getting attention? And already wow. from there, you're, you're not coming from a space of lack or of inferior, inferiority thinking, oh, I'm not enough, but you are enough. What you have to offer is more than enough and just think of it as what can I do to help my client feel noticed and understood and heard that really turns things around doesn't it I think it really helps you to feel more confident in your skills 
and your ability to write effective copy. There are some formulas, there are some tips and techniques, yes, there are. And I'm happy to, to share some of them with you later on. But ultimately, it is just thinking about, right, what, it, what do I have to offer and how can I get that across? You know, I think a lot of us acupuncturists like to think of ourselves as being generous and yes. helpful. It's, it's a big piece of why we got into it. And so, and so this idea of taking the copy that we're using, the words that we're using, the value that we're bringing through those words on our website, and using that as a way of illuminating something in the person who's reading it, rather than drawing attention to ourself, that just, I mean, it just turns my mind completely around from how I've thought about this for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Can, can you give us some more tips or ways of thinking about how we can inhabit that space and what that copy would look and sound like? Yes, absolutely. So there are different ways you can do that. I think there's a certain way I like to go about it when I'm focusing on a home page. There's another way I want to think about it when I focus on, say, the about page or the services page. Mm. But when it comes to the home page, um, there's something that copywriters tend to call the 1090 rule. And so if you think of your homepage website, what they say, and again, this is from Copy Hackers actually, and they discuss how 10% of your website content should focus on meeting the reader where they're at. You want to match them. And again, this this also ties into remembering who who you are speaking to and your community demographic. So if you're thinking, okay, chances are there are going to be quite a few, say, skeptics who are going to be landing on my webpage. I got to meet them where they're at here. I got to make them feel comfortable and get their comfort zone up so that they're going to want to scroll on down. So 10% is about matching them. And that's where you want to have a very good headline or a tagline. So your tagline can really help you to give a really clear value proposition and to let them know, okay, this is where I've landed and this is what I can expect reading on down. That's 10%. But the rest of the 90% now is all about persuading and all about, again, all about providing value and all about talking about, right, what can I do to help you? And so I tend to take this into steps. So the first step here, again, is the tagline. Mm -hmm. So I like to think about that. Now, I think tagline is super important, but it's not essential to get it right, right off the bat. I think have something preliminary, just like your rough tagline. And then when you go to the editing stage, you can always change it later. But in other words, it's better to have a fairly brief tagline, no more than, I would say, between three to 16 words, if you can. Short and sweet and punchy. Short, sweet, punchy. I'm not saying that it has to be that way, but if you can make it as clear as you can, the better. So if you got your tagline and then you start off with having brief body copy that introduces your value here. So something that I tend to see a lot is right off the bat, someone's going to say, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. My name is so-and-so and I have XYZ years of experience. I'm not saying that that's bad, but you want to have body copy that validates them. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm just thinking here with, I'm thinking this tagline thing in particular right now, I, I know that there are clinics and their main thing is affordable, inexpensive acupuncture, mm-hmm. right? The community clinic style thing. I could see a tagline for them reading something like, 
competent, affordable acupuncture, right? Or convenient, yeah. affordable, that word affordable acupuncture in there. For the mm -hmm. crowd that's looking for lower cost acupuncture, bang, they're, you know, they're right on it. But if you're looking for someone for help with fertility, or maybe you've got some kind of an autoimmune disease, or you've got a thyroid issue, and, and you specialize in that stuff, then your tagline would be something about natural methods to treat thyroid conditions. Yes. Right? And that's it's like, really good. bang, you know, snap to grid. There it is. Mm-hmm. And that, there's your clear value proposition right there. You're being really clear and you're concise. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first thing people see. Am I in the right place? Yes. Oh, affordable. That's what I want. You know, there's other people that are actually, they're not looking for affordable. They're looking for something that's going to be, you know, they want to come and talk to somebody for a long time, or maybe they want to use an integrative approach. And so it would be helpful in that tagline to have those words in there so they know they're in the right place. Yes. Right. I've got patients that they don't want to go to a community clinic. That's the opposite of what they're looking for. Yes, definitely. And that's where also where it's so important then to get as specific as possible. Mm -hmm. Because if you know who you're talking to and you know that if you run a community clinic and you want the person who, let's say you're, you're focusing on affordability, you know that whoever you're speaking to is going to be concerned about that. They're going to be looking for the best rates possible. So that is something that you want to amplify, definitely, as opposed to if you have a certain specialism and let's say you focus on fertility, you're not gonna, you don't have to worry so much about highlighting your rates. You want to be worrying more about having the, uh, the ability to help your client, uh, you know, have the family that they've always been dreaming of. Yeah. And I think that that's where you really want to highlight and validate their concerns or what it is they're really looking for right off the bat. And so that's why it's also important to very early on highlight what do you specifically do that will help your client overcome any challenges or any worries or any fears that are associated with acupuncture. You know, what, what's, your, what's your specialty? And what's your method? And how is your method effective? How is that gonna help your clients? Because it's about them, it's not about us. Exactly, it's about them. And so, so it's talking a little bit about their, um, how, it's, how your method is effective and also how is it, how is it different. In recent years, the Sa'am acupuncture style has generated significant interest and a loyal and growing following. In the Sa'am approach, a precise diagnosis leads to a four-needle treatment to address the five element and six chi imbalances in the body. The four needles target the controlling and generating cycles. It's common using this method for the needle sensation to be stronger than in many other styles. Thus, the choice of needle becomes important. The Unico brand of needles lends itself to both strong and gentle techniques. These superior needles are made of uncoated Japanese surgical stainless steel and feature the best guide tube on the market with its unique beveled edge. Additionally, Unico needles have a tensile property that helps with freehanding needles into Jingwell points and allows you to more easily feel the arrival of chi. Blue Poppy is the exclusive importer and distributor of Unico needles. Use the code QI2024 to save 10% off Unico needles at www.bluepoppy.com. You'll be glad you did. 
I love the word that you use, amplify, that there's something in the reader's mind of the website that they've come for, and, and they want to have that reflected back to them, right? There's all this information that we have to give, but depending on the kind of person that we're seeking to attract, what we choose to amplify is going to have a big effect on whether they go, ooh, I'm in the right place, or oh, wait a minute, that this isn't for me. This leads to another question of mine, which is, I mean, many of us, myself included, we have a very general practice. We actually treat lots of different kinds of people. And some people have a very specific practice. But even for people with a general practice, there's certain kinds of folks that we work better with. And there's other kinds of folks we know it's better to refer them to someone who will help them more than we would be able to. I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on how broad or how narrow we should be in how we set out to attract people to our practice. In other words, should our copy have two aspects to it? Should it attract the people that we're looking for and maybe even repel the people that we're not looking for? Is, is that a useful thing? Yes, I think it is a useful thing. Why? I'll, I think the more specific you can get, if you can have a clear picture of who it is you are trying to attract, the better it is. And th that can feel really counterintuitive because I know that when I was trying to figure out, okay, as a copywriter, who do I want to target? Who's going to be my target market? Originally, actually, I was thinking of targeting um, entrepreneurs that were based in Europe and in Nordic countries. Mm -hmm. um, you have some background th there. Got some background there. Mm. Um, but I actually found out pretty quickly that, you know what? I felt like it was too broad a niche. I wasn't really attracting the clients that I had originally envisioned working with. And so, although it feels counterintuitive to go as narrow as possible, it's the most helpful thing you can do. Because if you're trying to talk to everybody, you're talking to nobody, to put it to you that way. So what I like to do is if, if you want to have, if you want to attract the clients that you want, because also you want to attract the right kind of energy into your office, I think. Absolutely. Anyone that's practiced for three years or more knows that there's certain energy you want to attract and there's other energy you really don't want in your office. Absolutely. And so if you can come up with, I like to think of it as like an avatar. And if you think of, okay, right, what's going to be their gender more, more times than not. So if you specialize in fertility, maybe you might be thinking, okay, I might be wanting to have more women coming to my clinic. Not always, but maybe as a general rule. Or think about their age. Is this going to be someone who's between you know, late 20s to early 40s? Where's their location going to be? Is this going to be in a city? Am I located in a rural area? Think about their lifestyle and their habits. Think about their challenges. And also think about their limiting beliefs about themselves Ooh. as well as about acupuncture in of itself. If you can think of those things, so gender, or maybe not necessarily gender, if it can help you, that I think that, that depends on the person, but age, location, lifestyle, habits, and limiting beliefs. Tell me more about limiting beliefs. That just sounds juicy as all get out. So when I think of limiting beliefs, I'm thinking, okay, what are their limiting beliefs about themselves as well as about acupuncture? So when it comes to themselves, they might be thinking, oh gosh, let's just say that we're thinking of someone who might have, who might be struggling with weight problems. And so they might be thinking, you know, I've tried all these diets. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can here, but I just can't seem to lose any weight. I can't seem to feel healthy and energized. I've tried all these different modalities. I've tried going to different practitioners and nothing really seems to work. 
gosh, I just, I, I can't seem to make it work, can I? So a lot of low self-esteem there. Someone who's thinking, oh, you know what? I just, I can't do this. This isn't going to work for me. And just thinking very, uh, thinking about themselves in a very negative light. And then when they think about acupuncture, you might be, they might be thinking, all right, well, I've tried everything else. May as well try acupuncture as like the last case resort. But you don't want your specialty be, to be the last case resort. You want it to be the very best option. So you want their limiting belief about acupuncture to think, okay, rather than thinking, well, I've tried everything else under the sun. Let me just try this now. You want them to think instead, you know what? Wow, this seems like such an amazing medicine. Let's go for this. Let me try. Let me take control of my health and really help my body to heal. That's where you want your prospective client to come from. And that's how you want to make them feel. So again, when it comes to your homepage and they're, you know, they're reading your body copy, they're reading about your value, they're reading about how you're going to help to solve their problem, they're reading about how you are going to help them to transform. By the, end of the, by the time they get to that end of the homepage, I might be thinking they, they should hopefully be feeling empowered and inspired thinking, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do this. I, I'm going to take charge of my health here and I'm going to feel better. I'm going to heal. I think that's the ultimate goal. I hope that makes sense. Well, I, it does. And I'm also thinking of the flip side of it because I will, on a not irregular basis, get calls from people saying, can you make me lose weight with acupuncture? Or um, do you do acupuncture smoking cessation? And my question back to them is, oh, do you want to quit smoking? Well, yes, of course I want to quit smoking. No, I mean, do you want to quit smoking or do you want the acupuncture to make you quit smoking? And they'll be like, oh, well, yeah, I guess I want the acupuncture to make me quit smoking. And, and I'll, I'll take that in that phone call is an opportunity to educate a little and say, well, acupuncture is not going to make you do something that you don't want to do, right? If you really want to do it and do the work, acupuncture can help, but it's a team sport here. And what that will do is some people will say, I'm in. And thank goodness the other thing it'll do is go, oh, okay, well, never mind then, which is great because then you don't have someone coming in who acupuncture will fail for, and then they go around and tell all their friends, oh yeah, I tried that, it didn't work. It's a really super helpful way to screen in and screen out people who who are going to bring their side of the game, basically, mm. right? Acupuncture is a team sport. We don't make the body do something against its will. No, and that's a really good way to frame that too, because you're absolutely right. You, you're not making the body do anything. Acupuncture isn't going to be the be all end all final cure here it can facilitate and it can certainly help to you know, be, be sort of like the on switch here helping the body to do what mm. it's meant to do which is to heal itself um but you're right if the if the person you want to attract isn't going to be initially on board then they're not necessarily going to have the best experience because they're not willing to put in the work and yeah. you're right it's a 50 50 thing isn't it well you know it is and, and i've also found and again i work in a very um more conservative market. I'm in the Midwest. A lot of, well, I mean, a lot of people have heard of it these days, but rightly so. There's a, <clears throat> there's a lot of skepticism. I find that I build more trust with people when I, from the get-go, go let them know, mm, maybe this isn't going to work for you, and and that's surprising to people because they're expecting me to try to sell them on it, but in many cases. 
if I don't think it's going to be a good fit, I try to dissuade them from it. And again, for certain folks, they're just going to hang up the phone and maybe call a different acupuncturist who will talk them into it. Um, but there's other people that go, oh, I get it. Okay, let's do this. And they come in with a whole different set of expectations than they would have otherwise had, which I find really, really helpful. You know what? I really like your method of, of, of screening people that way too. And I think by actually surprising them you're ca and catching them off guard by saying, you know what? I'm not sure if this is really going to be for you. Are you sure? That in itself is going to help to inspire trust. No, I, I think it does because nobody likes to try to be talked into something or maybe sometimes people do want to be talked into something because then if it fails, well, you know, that schmuck over there talked me into it. Mm -hmm. right? And then you're not really protecting the integrity of your profession, I mm -hmm. think. Agreed. So tell us more about writing with integrity. Oh, I like that question. So to write with integrity, I, I feel like I've been talking very generally so far, and I'd like to get into more specifics in terms of how can we write with integrity here. Great. And so I think this might not seem completely relevant right off the bat, but I do think it has a hand in it. And that is to write very clearly. And so if you can write in a, I was going to say in a more of a no-nonsense way, try to prioritize clarity over cleverness. Um, and putting the most important and valuable information first. So there's something in copywriting that is called the front-loading technique here. It sounds very fancy-schmancy, but it all really it's about is putting the most essential stuff you want at the beginning of a line. So there was actually this really interesting study. It was an eye-tracking study, and they called it the F pattern. So if you can picture uh, the letter F mm -hmm. in your mind's eye, right? And they found that users scanning through a website would read in a way that mimic the letter F. So you know how the top bar of the F, they, it's a little bit longer than the shorter bar. They would find that the reader would read the most information right at the very beginning. So that's going to be the top bar. And then, then they would scroll on. They're going to skip a little way vertically mm -hmm. until they get to the second bar on the letter F. And they're going to read a little bit more horizontally. And then after that, they're just reading more, more or less vertically all the way down. They're just scanning. They're not really reading the nuts and bolts of the content you got there. So if you want to write with integrity, I think it's easy to, I, I tend to do this, is to get a little flowery and get a little creative and all that. I, and I have to really be tough with myself and think, Isaline, are you writing with clarity here? And so putting, communicating your value at the beginning of the line, mm -hmm. right? And always again you're always targeting your client always talking about them and using the word you that's a good way to actually see if you are writing in a way that's going to help to promote trust is using the word you rather than using i use you and if you have to put it in every sentence you can always edit that out but that way you're completely sure that you really are writing directly to your prospective client here so clarity i think is super important and I think that also, again, it also comes down to how you are going to be a problem solver. You know, and it, it, I think a lot of it is, it boils down to your mindset. Because mm -hmm. if you have the right mindset, it's going to help you write the most effective copy that you can. So rather than thinking of, okay, I'm trying to 
write a really effective website here or my homepage and okay, I'm an acupuncturist or maybe I'm a Chinese medicine, I'm, I'm an herbalist or maybe I specialize in cupping or whatever it is. Rather than thinking of yourself in that way, think of, think of yourself as being, I am more than an acupuncturist here. I am a counselor. I'm a caretaker. I am a business owner. I'm a problem solver. I'm going to help you to solve your problem because ultimately that is what your prospective client cares about. They're coming onto your website and they're thinking, okay, all right, I've got this issue here. How are you going to help me? And again, although I know that uh, you have to put in the work as well, they also need to know that, right, wh what, what do you have to offer me? Why should I care? And so if you can really aim it that way and think about, right, how can I help you to solve your problem? How can we be a team here? I think that can really help you. That makes so much sense. You know, and I love that idea of focusing on being a problem solver and maybe leaving the techniques out of it. There's a joke I have with a number of my acupuncturist friends about how people don't care about acupuncture. Our patients don't care about acupuncture. We care about it. We think it's interesting. We think it's fun. But really, our patients don't care. They care about getting their problem solved. I mean, maybe they like saying they get acupuncture and, and hopefully they enjoy the experience as well. But at the end of the day, they don't come for acupuncture. They come to get their problem taken care of. I think we really make a big mistake when we lose sight of that. I think you're spot on with that. I think you can just, I, I think also, it also helps you to remind you of the value you have to give. Mm -hmm. Because I, I'm not just, I'm not just saying this here. I, I truly think that acupuncture and Chinese medicine has, can play such an integral role in healthcare. It, it has so much, it can do so much. It's a beautiful medicine. And so if you can remember that and just remember, all right, how's this going to help to solve their problem? I think you're already, you're going to write a lot better copy than you think. And it doesn't have to be that complicated. I know that there, there are techniques involved, you know, there's different formulas, but ultimately it doesn't really matter the more simple you can get the better and if i may i do have one it is kind of like a formula but it's a formula that is all about inspiring connection and also writing with integrity that that sounds great i mean it's really helpful you know you could call it a formula i, I like to think of guidelines right there are certain yes basic principles if you can like take a basic principle and, and, and I want to hear this in just a second, but I love the idea of, of a basic principle. This will give you a sense of how this thing works. Once you understand how it works, you can riff on it like a jazz musician, but learn to play those scales first. So yeah, let's, let's hear it. Okay. I love how you're using guidelines too, because that's exactly what it is. So this is coming from, again, I'm going to reference Bernadette Jiva. She's been such a great influence. So if anyone is curious about her, they can go on her website, but she's got so many good tips. But I'm going to make sure that she's on the uh, show notes page. Mm, okay. Yeah. She, uh, her guideline, she has something called, she calls the six P's. And this would be principles, purpose, people, personal, perception, and product. Mm -hmm. And those six P's are something that you want to keep in mind as you're going ahead and you're cranking out some good copy here. So first one, principles. What are your principles? What are your values? What do you stand for as a practitioner? That's principles. Second one would be purpose. What, what is it you're trying to do? What is your purpose being an acupuncturist? What is your main goal? What's your mission? Third one is people. Who are the people you want to attract? Right? Who is it that you want to work with? Who are you trying to serve? 
That's people. Fourth one is personal. So how can you make your copy personal and relevant to your prospective client? The fifth one would be perception. So this ties back to any limiting beliefs about themselves or about the medicine. And the sixth one would be your product. What is it that you're trying to promote at the end of the day? Maybe you want to be promoting an ebook. Is it about getting more clients through your door? Maybe you want to focus more on content marketing. So maybe it's promoting your practice through your blogs, through email sequences, anything like that. But what's your product? What is it that you're trying to promote? And if, can you tie in all the other P's in order to promote your product? I think if you can keep that in mind, I think it can really help, help people out. It certainly has helped me out too. I write my own copy. I like to write my own copy. I, um, I enjoy writing. And, and it's really helpful hearing these six Ps. There are some of them that I'm very familiar with and I do them and it's, you know, it's like breathing. It's just, it's just part of my game plan. And, and there's a couple of them here, the perception piece in particular, and actually the principles piece that, oh, you know what? I could tune those up. That's, that's a place to, uh, to play. I suspect anybody listening to this, especially if they've done some writing for their website, they'll probably see one or two of these six and go, I do this and I do it pretty well. And they'll probably see a couple others like I just did and go, huh, all right, here's some places to, to tighten it up. This is super, super helpful. Yeah, thank you so much. So this is what you do for a living. You help people with this. Um, again, I, I so appreciated the way that you originally reached out to me. You weren't saying, hey, I'm a copywriter. I can help you. You actually sent me a little video and gave me a couple of suggestions. I mean, you didn't tell me that you could help me. You showed me that you could help me. And as I mentioned to you at that time, my clinic website is, it, it's kind of running by itself. I don't need to do much with it. I'm focused on a podcast now. But I loved that the way that you went about it. It's like in math class, show your work. And I think that was super effective. It makes me think with some of my, with my copywriting or my reaching out and my marketing, is there a way that instead of telling people, I can show them what I have on offer? I don't have an answer for it at this moment. But it's just, it's like a super big question in the back of my mind that I'm looking forward to puzzling out. For people that might be interested in the services that you have, how do they get in touch with you? They can get in touch with me either via my email. So it's connect at northernlightscopy.com. Or if they want to check out my website, they can find me over at www.northernlightscopy.net. So actually, believe it or not, I have kind of switched niches now. So... I want to be able to work with medical and holistic health practitioners. So if anyone out there is interested, please, I hope that they can feel free to contact me if they have any other questions. And thank you so much, Michael. I really appreciate what you were saying there. I think, um, to be honest, I've, I wanted to connect with you for a while. I've just I've been listening to your podcast for such a long time. It's funny. I was just walking one day and I thought, you know what? <laughs> Let's just go for it and just say hi and see if I can provide some some sort of value and uh yeah because i really appreciate what you do i really do well thanks so much i it's, it's been a real pleasure to talk with you i've learned a lot i hope that people listening today have as well i'll make sure that your contact information is on the show notes page and thank you so much for your time today 
Most of us learned in high school that our writing was not up to snuff. And there's both a reverence for people who can write persuasive copy and a distrust because it can be used for manipulative purposes. But here's the thing. You do want to be persuasive on your website. You want people to pick up the phone and not say, I want more information, but rather, I want an appointment. Effective copy on your website will do that for you. We all have the ability and the need to persuade and use that power for good. As to writing, it's a learnable skill, or you can get some professional help. The important thing is that your website should sound like you. You, with all your brilliant quirkiness and big heart. Unengaging corporate speak, guaranteed not to offend typewriting, will have people clicking away from your website faster than you slamming down the phone when a telemarketer calls and says, can I speak to the owner of the business? The key thing is to get your authentic voice onto your website. Write it yourself, have it ghostwritten, or have an editor help you. The method doesn't matter. What matters is that you do it. All right. I know that was a bit of a soapbox rant. I'm really keen on all of us having success and feeling like that success is coming from a place of authenticity. Putting your voice on your website is a big step in that direction. Thanks as always for listening. If you liked this conversation, if you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today. Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community. Mm-hmm.